Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is Alfonso Cuaron's Gravity. He's, of course, the director of Children of Men, among others. Um, and we're going to be discussing Gravity with spoilers in mind. So if you wanted to see Gravity, uh, we always discuss films on this podcast, having already seen them. So uh, be aware, from now on, there will be spoilers. You might want to listen to this podcast after watching the film. I understand, Lloyd, it hasn't been released in certain countries. Um, We were just talking about whether or not Warner Brothers might be doing a staggered release for this one. Definitely. Uh, I heard they're really... um, They've got a very methodical release of this film. They really want to, you know, put it out as best as possible. Market it as best as possible, I should say. (laughs) Before I went and saw this, and I saw it in a pretty full cinema, I was, it was at noon, so um, first session of the day, and um, everybody was very interested in seeing it. Uh, I was worried there would be too many really long, boring space shots, um, you know, and... 2001-esque? A little bit. There's, there's some shots in 2001 A Space Odyssey that, I mean, just blow out the runtime. Mm. But then I saw the runtime of this was only 91 minutes. So I thought, I just hope they're able to, you know, keep a tight story without me watching somebody just drift aimlessly for too long. Um, And the other thing I was worried about was, you know, whether it would feel like they were just in one set. Uh Uh-huh. You know, that they had one space station and they were just floating in and around it in space. And if I would get bored of just one unique setting. And this completely blew those expectations away because... Though we have that initial shot, and the first shot of the film lasts over 10 minutes, yeah. you know, which is classic for this director. In mm. Children of Men, there's three occasions where there's just these 10-minute shots. Beautiful. Yep, absolutely. Um, but having that first shot where uh, George Clooney sort of floating into uh, view and the spaceship and everything is coming closer and closer to camera, that was the only long uh, inverted commas, dull yeah. shot that there could have been. Yeah, that's right. And it was so daring. That was his opening shot. Really set sort of a mood. And you think it will set the pace of the film. You're like, oh, okay. You know, because this is so it's such a very slow, t- very 2001-esque shot. But it really just set the tone. Hey, guys, this is space. And this is the environment that you're going to be in for the next hour and a half. I didn't know about the um, the text at the beginning, whether or not that was sort of hurting the film. Oh, yeah. You know, that life in space is impossible stuff. I think you tell us that through showing us, and maybe it wasn't necessary. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, when I saw the trailer for this, I wasn't impressed at all. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, it's just... You know, for some reason, men on in space. I know it's so spectacular, but when they're just fixing satellites and things, to me, it just seems so boring. Like so, uh, every time you're in space, the connotations are always associated with it. You know, Star Trek, Star Wars, aliens, battles, and stuff like that. And it's so daring to have uh, you know such a major release with two high level. Um, I won't say high level, but very very popular actors: George Clooney, Sandra Bullock. Um, and I was just like, okay. Oh, Okay, well, this this doesn't look that impressive. But then it wasn't until I saw the director's name, Alfonso Curon, 
Quran, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, you know, his uh, his name, I was like, okay, if he's directing this, then it's got to be, you know, something of huge interest. And just before this film was released, uh, James Cameron watched it. He watched an early screening, and I got a quote here from him from a Variety article. I was stunned, absolutely floored. I think it's the best space photography ever done. I think it's the best space film ever done. And it's the movie I've been hungry to see for an awful long time yes yeah so honestly um they've done an amazing job and i yeah absolutely found it so difficult to floor this film at all um the one thing after i thought about it and, you know and i forgot it after watching the film i completely forgot this element but the one thing that i thought about that i thought i would have edited out was the the yelping and the yowling where Sandra Bullock is doing like a dog. Yeah. yeah. That was a little bit, you know... I, I had I had a, some, some issues with it. Like, there was just too much going on. Like, if you break it down from the moment the shrapnel hits them... And uh, do you know the theory, what that's called? The, is it Kessler Syndrome or something... I think it's, yeah, the Kessler Syndrome. Kendra, yeah. Kessler Syndrome. What that is, um, he came up with it in the early 70s. And the idea is um, because of all these satellites and space junk, like I'm saying that with quotes, um, that's uh, uh, orbiting the Earth because we put so much... Um, uh, build. I don't want to say buildings, but space stations and satellites around Earth. Um, there's if, heaps of junk up there. Yeah. Yes, there's heaps of junk up there, and the idea is it's constantly circling um, Earth, and it's just too dangerous and not feasible to send astronauts up there eventually. Like, eventually it'll just be too dangerous to send anyone up there. We've got to clean it all up somehow. And, uh, mm. this, yeah, this movie um, takes that as the biggest adversity of this film, and that's what causes the chain reaction. The only issue I have with this film, and I, this film's a masterpiece, piece an absolute masterpiece the the cgi alone in this film is uh, all the technical um aspects of this film is a breakout like it is absolutely amazing and i'm sure um it'll probably lead the way for a long time you know um but uh what was i saying oh yeah the issues i had um there was just so much going on such a huge chain reaction from the moment the debris hits she flips around you know george clooney has to get her then they have to get back to the ship um she loses george clooney because um you know the tangled and the, the, the then there's a fire in the station you know what i mean like there was maybe some of those um segments they didn't need like did the space station really need to be on fire like it just seemed like every second she just had to get out of situations situations at the last bit you know maybe she's, she's having the worst day in space <laughs> yeah. anyone could possibly have yeah exactly certainly yeah and i think the way that they did this was so emotionally draining in a way because mm. you you want the human survival instinct you want to see her live you want to see everybody live you know but the dangerous nature of space when that first bunch of debris hits and they have to go and recover those bodies of the uh, the other crew members, you know, you see his smashed in helmet by the debris mm. and, you know, that can happen to her or George Clooney's character, Kowalski, at any time that that debris comes back around. Yeah. Know? So that creates this kind of high stakes 90 minute countdown, you know. Um, the fire, I think, is convenient that it happens, but I, I was guessing it was something to do with because she flooded it with oxygen again when she got back in there. You know, she pressurized it differently. Sure. So then this loose wire started sparking again only because she got on the ship again. Like yeah. they'd 
neutralized it when they evacuated it. It just seems there so are, weird because it's the last minute, you know, she gets into the hatch just to escape from the fire. And, you know, I'm holding my breath the whole entire time. And I just, I, I'm just like, give me a second to breathe. <laughs> mm. It's intense, isn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's super intense. This is like a, th- a roller coaster ride, literally. Yet, yet my concern going in was going to be, will they just be stuck there? Will it be like open water? Remember mm. that film where the um, the two people get left scuba diving by their boat, right? Right. And then they're just kind of floating in the water and trying to avoid sharks and just talking to each other, right? Yeah. I was wonder- wondering if it would be like that, like they're just trapped in space with no options, you know? Um, I was worried that it was going to be dull and for 90 minutes. And I, mean, I don't know if you saw Buried with Ryan Reynolds. No, I didn't see that film. Um, where he's... Well, the, the plot is, without any spoilers, he's trapped in a uh, coffin, you know, um, buried under the ground, and he's got a phone, and, you know, he's trying to... They don't really change set or anything, because obviously it's all contained to the coffin. Um, I was worried this was going to be one of those contained kind of movies where, I guess, you know, the audience can get bored, but yeah. pushing it from one space station to the next, I mean, by the time she's trying to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere, which we'll get to. She's dressed in, you know, a Russian spacesuit, flying a Japanese uh, escape pod, mm-hmm. you know, and crashing into who knows what country she's going to land in, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, to get to that point, you know, there's all these steps that have to happen. And I did think it was convenient that there were so many escape pods left because yeah. the crews had already escaped. Yep. But I, I just went with it, you know. Yep. No. I, I. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. I think. I think it's a fantastic um, movie. Um, and uh, yeah, there are a few segments where you. It's a bit of a stretch, but yeah. Like I, I don't know. Maybe a part of me just wants them to slow down just for a bit, just to take it in. And I know there's that scene where she's just going to give up and she shuts shuts off the oxygen. Did you go with when George Clooney came in? Like, I, I, Sonic told me it was a dream sequence when he opened the hatch and she survives. But then somebody yes. told me you can survive for up to seventy seconds. Um, with the airlock open, the oxygen coming out. But I, I don't know if I believe that. I just thought the moment you're exposed to space, you die. Like, you know. <laughs> I um, Well, I mean, we'll never know, you and I. But yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully we'll never have that situation. But the, <laughs> I, I'm, um, I'm ne- after watching this, I don't ever want to go to space. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the scene where he opens it, yeah, it feels surreal because she just covers her face and then she's fine, mm-hmm. you know. Um I absolutely loved that scene. It was probably my favourite scene. In the I film. was hoping that it was real and George Clooney did survive that. You know, I would have such would have went, yeah. went with it. <laughs> it's such a welcome cameo at that point because you've been ripped through this, you know, I don't know what you call it, roller coaster, like you said. Yeah. Um, and at that time, like to see him, and it just happened to knock on the thing and you know wake her up from this, she's about to die kind of thing. It's like almost like a miracle, you yeah. know. And um, I would have welcomed that if that was real. Like, I would not have been one of those people that would have went, oh, that's such bullcrap. You know, I would have went, oh, thank God to see, thank goodness he survived. There's a <laughs> bit of hope in this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, people wanted him to survive, didn't they? Yeah. That's, it's what you want at this point. Like, at that point in the film, you're at your lowest as well. Yeah. And it's a beautiful speech delivered by uh, George Clooney to her, you know, that wakes her up out of it. Yeah, you got to fight on and everything like that. 
yeah and like saying you know 11 hours 13 minutes he can suck it you know sort of thing and like it's comedic as well as you know sentimental and obviously he touches on the subplot which is that she lost a child when the child was four Mm -hmm. and um she just keeps driving and hasn't really been the you know pilot of her life perhaps since then you know she's just continuing to exist and she's a bit more numb from the experience you know she is welcoming death at this point you know um and the speech he delivers where he says you know you can either it's nice here you know you can forget about your problems you can you know it's dark you can shut out the lights or else you know you can you know get up and take control of your life kind of thing i I thought it was beautifully delivered that was yeah such a good scene i thought and the way the camera pans slightly to the left onto sandra bullock and then you know he's gone sort of thing is just such a ah you know yeah realizing that you were right that instinctively it seems wrong that he's been able to just catch onto the ship impossible you know impossible yeah that he's there at all and yeah reality setting in it's it's a very very well done scene i think i I really enjoyed the film like yeah did not know what to expect with the director who's incredible he's probably one of the best in the world and he spent a long time making this that explains his inactivity since children of men and that's understandable when you consider the great technical feat of gravity um he puts in a lot of and i hate symbolism in movies i absolutely hate it but uh, he's got that other layer um in his movie uh, especially and it's all over gravity it might not seem like it because gravity is effectively a survival movie and it's just a hero getting out of the environment to safety but there's so much um so many uh, symbolic elements in this movie and i i can hear the director yelling at the at the actor in the screen you know when sandra bullock first makes it to the space station she has to breathe in the air i could hear the director going sandra it's like you're in the womb sandra you're in the womb you're being born again <laughs> you know and she has to pose like that and just say yeah okay <laughs> where she floats and there's the yeah. umbilical cord looking thing behind it it's yeah very very visually rebirth isn't it yes and she has to continue to push down these, you know, little um, tunnels, you know, if you will, into escape pods mm-hmm. and sort of, yeah, her final, like, emergence from the water at the end of the film. It's your Eve. It's- your Eve bringing birth to Earth for the first time, Sandra. <laughs> your, your Spanish accent is terrible. <laughs> Somebody should tell you, Lloyd. Yeah. Um, Look, I think as well, it's a testament to I don't like Sandra Bullock that much. And I think the reason for that is because I dated a girl who loved Sandra Bullock. <laughs> she uh, she was like, Miss Congeniality is awesome. And, you know, I had to watch Sandra Bullock movies. And then obviously when you break up with somebody, you associate things with <laughs> that person. So for me, I always associated Sandra Bullock with that person. And I went, ah, oh, Sandra Bullock, because it reminded me of this relationship that didn't work. <laughs> And so, watching Gravity, I don't love Sandra Bullock, but by the end of the film, she's won me over, which is impressive. Yeah, Yeah. she puts so much effort into this movie. Yeah, and it's a testament to Clooney and to the script that he's got his whole, you know, Houston, I have a bad feeling about this mission, kind of his running joke. And um, the way he can sort of just casually tell a story, the calmness of him in the situations where, um, you know, she is 
expelling so much oxygen and just panicking, mm. you know, and the fact that he can talk her down and stuff, it's just... They're both very good characters, I think. I love Stone that shot where Kowalski. it goes into the helmet and you got to look at it really closely because the camera is outside and I think it's at the very beginning when when there still hasn't even been a cut yet um, and the camera like goes right to an extreme close-up of Sandra Bullock and she's breathing heavily and then finally it just somehow dissolves in to the helmet so we're inside the helmet and rather than a glazed glass or plastic over the lens it's now we're with the flesh like we're inside the helmet and we, we're, mm-hmm. we're just constantly looking at her eyes and listening to her breathing really heavily I thought that was really well done I um, I can imagine just people having nightmares about floating yeah. off into space in a spacesuit. You know, this is one of those being buried alive, public speaking, massive that, that's, fears. Uh, yeah, like being floating to oblivion. I remember having a long conversation with a friend at night and we were talking about like, yeah, like wouldn't that be like the worst thing? You're just floating into oblivion. And then we thought of what's the best way to die, like the ultimate way to die. And it would probably be that you're floating with into the heavens, you know, and you'd probably lose oxygen and just fall unconscious. So it wouldn't be a really, uh, really uh, hurtful death sort of thing. You wouldn't be in pain. You'd just, you know, lose oxygen to the mind and just fall asleep. But, yeah, at the same time, it is so frightening and terrifying space. And this movie really played on those fears. Well, even, I mean, first of all, you could be hit by space debris and then mm-hmm. burst your helmet open and die a much worse death. Yes. So that's the real, you know, looming danger in this film. But her, when she's, uh, Sandra Bullock's character, Dr. Stone, is sitting there talking to the uh, man in the other language and you can't understand her. They're saying woof woof and stuff. Um she says i'm gonna die today and it's a weird thing to know this will be the day you die Mm. you know sort of thing that that kind of um you know most humans don't have that Mm. you know knowing when they're going to go and so i think if you were floating off into oblivion like you were discussing knowing you were going to die would just be the most kind of either you'd be at peace with it Mm. depending on how you'd live your life or you would just be like I don't know, just in this terrible, horrible fear spiral. I, I like to think George Clooney had a good death where he's just walking off and constantly looking at beauty, you know, before... He did he, seem very in love with The View, which was... Yeah. It it did make it easier to... Um, yeah, and I, I was hoping that he wouldn't get hit by debris or anything like that. Like, I like to think that he just floated off to his death, um, constantly yeah. admiring Earth, yeah. It made me think of Mount Everest, how there's all these bodies up there and when people die on missions, they just get left up there. And whether or not in the future we're going to have more and more space missions where, you know, astronauts' bodies are not brought home Mm. and they're just kind of floating around up there and, like, you know, you can't recover them. Mm. Like, they wouldn't have been able to go and find George Clooney's body unless there was some kind of homing beacon in that suit or... Did you hear you know, about wave. all the roles the, the these two roles were offered to, and how many people yeah, turned the, it down? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. was the other lead. Yeah, he was I think big Angelina one. Jolie. Angelina Jolie, yeah, and uh, Natalie Portman. I heard. Yeah, um, but she became pregnant, so she couldn't do it. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, it got passed around a little bit, but I think as well the the screenplay and everything. It's been so difficult to get it made that 
I imagine lots of different actors were available and then not available. Yeah, but and I, I bet all the technical aspects of just constantly going, oh, we can't shoot today, or you know, we've got to push this back. Like I heard uh, Fincher warning um, Alfonso Cuarón that the cameras aren't ready; you got to wait five years, and he still went ahead and technical wise they just kept pushing it back so I guess that that had a lot to do with it ultimately I'm pretty happy with the cast same say. yeah um, you see the fear in Sandra Bullock's eyes you know when she's spinning out of control and mm-hmm. um, they managed to sort of really bring these two characters to life I was very impressed D- um, did you see this in 3D I did not. No. I, uh, I can imagine the appeal of the 3D. Apparently, a lot of it was pre-visualized, and you, um, you've got that moment where she's crying and the tears are kind of falling towards the yeah, camera. And yeah, that would have been effective, and all the things flying around. Like, that's, it's, yeah. It seems like it'd be a good one. Yeah. It'd be worth seeing in 3D. Uh, I, I saw well, this in 2D? the big screen. Yeah, I saw this in 2D. Um, I was kind of disappointed I didn't see it in 3D. Usually, I try to see things in 3D and this is, would be one of the major ones to watch in 3D you know if you're only going to watch a handful of them but no I didn't I watched in 2D I, I really like the silence of it gave like a really eerie and unique look at disasters like um, particularly when you know the space station was being shattered by all the debris and Sandra Bullock had to pull off that uh, parachute from the ship and the whole space station just explodes in silence in the background um, was so effective and it was so eerie like I've just never seen anything like that before it's a real triumph of special effects and it really showcases the horror of space like there's just this eeriness about it absolutely and um when the text was on the screen at the beginning the audio gets crazy loud and then drops off completely to silence and there was enough of that kind of fluctuation that you look the sound design in general Mm. just hearing all of their voices over the comms and having that kind of underwater feel to their motions you know yeah where you can sort of faintly hear what they're doing when they're clicking tools and stuff around it was all very realistic and obviously space is one of those things that so few of us will enjoy of this generation Mm. that um there's such a curiosity to it and i mean yeah just fascinating stuff the the way how they shot this just blows my mind like they use what's called the vomit comet that's the nickname of it and that's what nasa uses to train their astronauts when they go up into space i don't understand fully how it works but it's like a ship that goes up into you know the sky to a point where there's no gravity but they can only film for like 20 30 seconds and just my mind can't fathom how that's possible you know like (laughs) i heard apollo 13 did a little bit of that Uh, the movie directed by ron howard and starring tom hanks did a little bit of that but mostly they use wires and and things like that and i think that movie's very very effective but this one was like all out get it technical 100 percent, you know and i just can't Mm -hmm. in my mind fathom i'm really curious to see a blu-ray of this with all the special features definitely same um Look, I think as well, you know, they did a good thing not having too much silence because the constant talking to Houston, Houston in the blind, um, is a good way to have that kind of exposition Mm. throughout the film. Yep. It was a great tool. Yeah. The, the, you know, lack of fuel and you just keep thinking when Clooney's going to float off into space 
and bullocks uh, hanging onto the ropes by her feet. You keep thinking, can't you kind of push and swim yourself towards something if you're just kind of stopped in space? But there's just no density to the air. You know, there's any kind of push and motion and stuff, you just float. Yeah. So it's amazing to think how that would feel as well. Yeah. I feel like we're going to see more of these like zero G flights. Um, I think Virgin were putting them on for a little while there. Richard Branson's going ahead with it. Yeah, but like, you know, just flying you within the Earth's atmosphere Mm. um, with uh, zero gravity and you just kind of float around in the cabin and feel what that's like. I thought we could manufacture that on Earth somehow. (laughs) I thought there was a big machine that does it. I'm uh, sure they do it at NASA. mm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, um, it was a fantastic, fantastic movie. I was so impressed um, with it. Uh, yeah, my only issue with was maybe it was too convenient to have disaster after disaster after disaster and maybe just cut out the whole fire sequence. And, yeah, maybe the dog yelping I had issues with. But other than that, like, this is a great film. Uh, definitely one you literally should watch at the movies on the biggest screen possible. I heard this is IMAX 3D. And I'm just disappointed. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I have heard it's an IMAX. Um, I don't know if you picked the voice for Mission Control, but apparently it was Ed Harris. Oh, really? <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't pick it at all. No, neither did I. I was just... All the voices, you know, you sort of forget about all the other characters except Stone and Kowalski. Um, look, the re-entering Earth, she's accepted her death at a couple of points. If I die re-entering Earth... You know, that's fine too, because then, you know, I guess she'll see her daughter again or she won't. You know, she's completely had this emotional change, you know, um, her state of mind and everything. It's it's amazing that I did, didn't, did not consider that was going to happen at all. I just imagined it was going to be straight up survival, mm-hmm. you know, um, human survival instincts kicking in in this movie. Yeah. Uh, are we talking about the drop pod, uh, drop pod from the Chinese station, or the one from the Russian station where she's just trying to get to um, the Chinese station? Uh, when she's trying to get back into the Earth's atmosphere, um, in the Chinese one, I think. Oh yes, yes. Sorry. Yep. You know, she has that kind of, you know, Houston. I may burn up on re-entry, yep. but you know that's okay, and blah blah blah. Um, I found that you know, it was really amazing to me that there could be this uh such a well-formed kind of you know emotional depth to sandra bullock's performance so definitely and the way she stands triumphantly at the end after nearly drowning on re-entry yeah when the water was coming in flooding in i was like oh please survive this (laughs) i was like please you know when she's trying to breathe for air i was holding my breath it was just so thrilling but the moment she got out like i think she was waiting like just trying to get as much breath as possible and then once it's fully um flooded she could just um swim out but then yeah. the weight of the um of the suit was pulling it down i was like oh please don't die <laughs> well at that point i mean it's a hollywood movie at that point you've got to have her survive yeah uh, absolutely and i didn't quite understand why she was struggling to stand and it wasn't until oh that's right she spent you know a few weeks in space her muscles ha- aren't used to literally the name of the movie gravity you know and uh, as she's standing she's fighting that and just trying to get 
get used to um, the Earth's atmosphere again, and in a sense, you know, not to be symbolic, but she's being born again, you know, walking on Earth, and she's just so thankful she's back. I love that line, I hate space. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the whole film just sort of took the audience to a place you wouldn't have expected. I mean, it was amazingly yeah. directed. I thought, I thought he deserves an Oscar nomination, at least for this. Um, I'd like to see... Bullock get a acting nomination it felt very strong the performance and as well I can see visual effects and even sound design definitely um, uh, the special effects in this uh, you know it's going to be a long time before this is surpassed I think um, well at least a couple of years in today's climate of technical um, evolution but uh, it's such a huge feat and they spent several years making this well the article I read four and a half and then I heard him say in, a, in, in an interview we spent several years so I, I don't know which one's true sure. um, yeah you know I yeah absolutely they deserve all the praise they can get I was wondering if there was something to NASA's selection process where she'd lost a child and they'd chosen her and Clooney kept talking about how his wives and stuff left him you know was it something about that they were expendable you know um that there weren't any people back home waiting for them and um does that make sense like you know yeah. um but then there's so many photographs of other astronauts as families yeah. that you sort of think they must be the exception to this it must be a coincidence you know and that's just the thing that bonds them I guess that they've both you know I've actually been to NASA in uh, Florida and America, and I I just uh, I'm not a space junkie, but I love the stuff. I think it's a wonderful feat of the accomplishments of humanity and all the rest of it. So it's really cool. Like I saw all that all that gear up close. Like literally, I could touch it if it wasn't protected by bulletproof glass. <laughs> and, and, and the big massive rocket that can send you to space like that. Well, that was an arm's length away. Um, so seeing you know all that and then seeing this movie is such a mind-blowing thing like i reckon everyone should definitely go to nasa and check out all that all that stuff it's wonderful absolutely and um the the way this film has been done it's my probably one of my favorite films of the year uh place beyond the pines was another great one for me cool um i'd have to put these two pretty close together um but i can see this being the kind of film that's studied in the future by film students you know there's there's like something about it that seems timeless to me mm. that you know this is gonna just be really remembered something about it i don't know yeah I um agree. Lloyd, do you want to tell listeners about our YouTube channel? Yeah, guys, uh, we've started uh, something pretty recently, and it's been going on um, weekly. We've managed to to put it out consistently, but we're doing like a five minute, rev- five to six minute review of obscure movies. Um, starring, you know, well-known stars of today, uh, either towards the end of their career or um, the beginning of their career, and we're doing it all on YouTube. So, yeah, you can go to our channel or find the links on our um, Podme If You Can website, and you can go there and um, click on the link, and you'll see all our videos. It's it's all on our um, webpage as well. If you scroll down, you'll see all our YouTube clips and our reviews on movies. Some of them are pretty bad, and some of them are gems. Exactly, and you can find out when we're launching all these kind of podcasts, uh, audio and visual, uh, by becoming a fan of ours on Facebook. I'm pretty sure it's facebook.com slash podme if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, next time on the audio versions, we're going to be talking about the film Amour, 
which another five-star masterpiece it's been called so um, we will get into the discussions of that probably not as uplifting as gravity became um, but we will talk all about that next week won't we Lloyd yeah definitely well all the best guys thanks Eves.